Welcome to On Topic Retro, episode 32. I'm John Cummins, and joining me tonight is Sam Wagers and Philip Paulson. And tonight we are talking Donkey Kong Country 2, finally. This was the last uh, Retro Rewind uh, game for, I believe it was April. Or May, one April or May, one or the other, and then I ended up extending it another month uh, due to lack of participation in the uh, the play in the game or the contest. It was, I know it was May because May is the month Tears of the Kingdom came out. This is, yes. And this is what started the whole... And and hiatus. everything else went on hold. Yes. Fun, fun, fun fact, I actually, I actually haven't played Tears of the Kingdom. Oh man, get out of here. But you are <laughs> okay. talking about it. It's, it's the game that made the world stop for quite a while. <laughs> around... Made our at least, world yeah, stop. Yeah, at least around the uh, Retrologic Discord, like... Everybody was like, you need to stay out of there because you're going to learn things you don't need to know. But yeah, don't get don't get sucked into the depths. That's right. At least not too early. Well, so I heard someone saying getting sucked into the depths. I should do that. Good to yeah. know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right should try down. to take your horse down there. <laughs> All right. But anyway, how are you fellas doing tonight? Either one? No one? Jump in real quick. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I just got back to 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 the unnamed university that I go to, and I'm uh, I the classes started yesterday, so it's just very beginning to the beginning of the semester. I mean, you also like quite literally just got back. Like you were walking That's outside true. right before the show. I was walking back. <laughs> I was walking back from a club. They're going to do some uh, DN. Basically, they're going to do ten D and D games in the same world. Oh, nice! Like so, like there'll be ten groups doing different things, but in the same map. And is there and the, they won't meet the story elements that can tie them together at any time? Like they sometimes can influence they do each other's games. games. Yeah, that stuff's yeah, cool. That's cool. I believe they talk to each other so that if something big happens in one game, it could and it would naturally affect the others, then it would. Nice. I believe. Cool. I believe that's how it works. works. It's very exciting. All right. For as much as uh, I'm interested in this, this uh, D&D conversation, I, I do have a little bit of housekeeping that I need to get done before we move into talking about tonight's game. First on the... Uh, the housekeeping list is that retro rewind is back. We, I did put out games to vote on. Uh, the vote has concluded and, uh, the winner of the voting is Metroid fusion. So we will be playing Metroid fusion, uh, from, uh, actually starting now, basically whenever you hear this episode, uh, up until the 18th of September and the, Retro Rewind Champions Contest is also back for this game, and it will be a time attack. Whoever can submit the fastest completion time will win $10 of their choosing uh, from any eShop or uh, just game shop of their choosing. Uh, And then we will record the episode for that uh, game on the 19th, so the following day. So, everybody, Retro Rewind is back. Go play Metroid Fusion. And uh, submit your times. You have a chance to win ten bucks that can go towards something that uh, you've been wanting to play. It'll it'll be my 
it will it will be my first Metroid game as well. <laughs> and we're getting lots of first out of you. I'm very not. I don't have. I I have like my favorites, which I have played a lot of games. I've played a lot of Kirby games. I've played a lot of Pickford games. Outside of that, I've played a few interesting games, but like it's very scattershot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm excited though. Yeah, it was it was a good voting. There was definitely some good games on there. I was I would have been happy to replay any of them uh, that were in the running. The I was kind of interested in uh, if uh, Kura Kura Kuran won because that, that had my vote. That was the game that I hadn't played out of the lot, but. Uh, I definitely won't won't uh, be upset about a chance to replay Metroid Fusion for sure. That's... Well, it's it's definitely a great one for the time attack. So oh, I, yeah. I really want to see that in the in the rotation for it too, because that's pretty much the game. Yes, is, is about clear times. Yeah, this game is designed to be just destroyed. Like I've seen people at the times getting you know close to the hour mark, uh, pretty pretty regularly. So. Uh, definitely hope to we'll see, see some good submissions come through this time. I, I'm not sure since classes are starting. I'm not sure if we'll have time to go after the time attack, or if I'm just going to try and beat the game. But we're going to see. Oh yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. I mean, well, how, how can you not have time? You didn't you hear him? It takes less than an hour. Yeah, once you get good, you, it'll take you less time. <laughs> it takes time to it takes time to get to less than an hour, though. <laughs> It's more than an hour to get to less than an hour. We'll see. I do know there's some some what I would call veteran players in the Discord that that play Metroid Fusion pretty often. So yeah, I don't think I'm winning this maybe one. We'll see, maybe we'll see some pretty quick times. I'm, I'm interested. My, mine definitely will not be super quick. I'm more I'm more of a uh, a uh, take my time with Metroid games. I like exploring and you know there's very few times where I go back and play them again right after i get done so i don't i don't usually get good enough to yeah. get fast times so but anyway metroid fusion go play it submit your stuff if you're not a part of discord uh go join discord so you can submit i will take submissions through email but i i will be honest i don't get a whole lot of emails through that box and i, I try to check it you know more often than i probably actually do but uh it is an option. I will definitely accept submissions through email. Anyway, now that housekeeping's done, we can actually talk about this game. Uh, Donkey Kong Country 2, which is a... It's it's a pretty amazing game for its time. It's definitely... a, a Whenever I think about platformers, like just Donkey Kong Country as a series, it's kind of what sticks out to me, especially in the Super Nintendo area. Uh, Mario is always like the kind of like pixel perfect platformer and donkey Kong's a little more lenient and not saying that it's not, doesn't have its difficulties, but uh, you're definitely not going to see the stuff you do in, in the, the end game for Mario games. Like it, it, they're definitely beatable. And that's something when I was a kid that I really enjoyed, like playing through the first donkey Kong, I actually, you know, sat down, beat the game, didn't take me two, you know, two or three months like other games did whenever I was a kid. And it got to the point where I could like, I could sit down and beat Donkey Kong Country in an afternoon as a kid. And it was fun. Oh. <clears throat> so that's interesting. That's interesting. Cause 
I think this this game has a reputation of being kind of uh, tricky. Yeah, I've always seen Donkey Kong Country as a little bit more challenging than Mario uh, on the whole, especially especially in the modern iterations. I mean, yeah, like it, it Mario will have really hard like bonus levels, like after Bowser kind of stuff. Um, but I think I think the the whole I, actually this was a game I couldn't beat when I I can remember being stuck. Um, in uh, Krimland for a long time, for several years, I was never able to to progress through that stretch of levels to the next save point. Um, I would but I was say, I think, yeah, I will say for interesting comparison, uh, this would have worked better if we had done it right after. But for a different podcast at the same time, like for a different podcast at the same time, I was playing Donkey Kong Country Two. Or maybe right after, I was also playing Mario World mm-hmm. for a different podcast. So, uh, and I think, I mean, some of World Special in Mario World is tricky, and maybe uh, trickier. There weren't, uh, and or maybe even f- frustrating, or, but there were also definitely very precise moments in Donkey Kong Country Two that I can remember, and it might be uh, harder on the. It might actually put more of its hard stuff in the actual path of beating the game than just completing the game. Yeah. Uh, well, and, yeah, and, that, that's what I was thinking. I think World Special in Mario World is probably tougher than uh, Krematoa. Is that is that in this one? No, that's the one in Donkey Kong Country 3. I think it's the, the Lost World in this one? The Lost World, yeah is in uh in this one because because really the lost world feels about the same amount of challenge as like the last couple levels except except for animal antics uh oh gotta put an exception yeah i remember that i'm gonna talk specifically about animal antics sometime in this podcast so to kind of clarify yes this game is more difficult but just the series as a whole uh like with the including the first game, I feel like the first game was the, was the game that I mastered. Uh, and I know that we're not talking about the first game on this episode. We've already, we've already done that, but uh, th- this game definitely cranks that difficulty up compared to the first game. But the, f- the first game is what I was referencing when I, f- when I first started it. And, and I, the way that I kind of view these games is that the first game feels more like a tech demo, like what they were trying to, you know, used to figure everything out how they wanted to make a game with the assets that they wanted to create it with and figure out the gameplay mechanics. And then the second game is where they pretty much already know how they're going to make the game. All those things are in place. This is where they just get to have fun. They get to create levels that are way different than the first game. Uh, there, there's just so many more things going on and it's more creative and, they really crank. Yeah, that there's there's a lot more levels. variety because oh, yeah. in in the first Donkey Kong Country, you pretty much have like three main types of levels. There's like your standard platformer level. There's the minecart levels, and there's barrel levels. Yep, and that's pretty much it. I mean, you're you're climbing. There's water levels. There's levels that have ropes. Um, but like it's all kind of par for the course stuff yeah. whereas donkey kong country 2 is always throwing new stuff at you 
even in the first world, like you have um, those levels with the, um, oh no, maybe that's the second world. The one where it changes to lava and you have to get the seal. That's the second world. Yeah, that's the second world. Um, Uh, Yeah, the the first time that you uh, can't uh, get in the water because it's uh, turned to lava and you don't realize that the seal's there to help you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I def I had definitely heard of the seals before I played this game. I don't know why. Are we? Uh, but I, yeah. I I'm curious to know well, the, how that works. Manual. Like, how does a seal spit in the water automatically just turn the water good again? Like, actually, the seal is in the manual. He has like a little description <laughs> if I can find it. Uh, give me a second. I have to like scroll he's through. He's like lowering the pH Clapper. level of the water. Clapper, Clapper the seals. Most seals can't change boiling hot water to room temperature or turn water to ice, but Clapper can. Jump on him, and he'll perform this valuable service for you. So it doesn't tell you why. Yeah, so but it I, does know that so I, only Clapper can do it. Isn't is the no the one where he turns it to ice? That's that's much later in the game. Yeah, that's like the final. Yeah, world. this is the first. I feel like he shows up in the first world. No, it's the second world. I'm, I think it's okay. the second level I'm in the little, second world. A little fuzzy. Yeah, second yeah. second world. Pretty have, early. He does. He turns it to lava. He turns it to water. Yeah. And then in the in the last board, he turns it to ice. Yeah. And I also love it that you're like, this kind of is a callback to like uh, in Mario World where you're like punching Yoshi to get him to open his mouth. Like you have to jump on the mm-hmm. seal and like he kind of like gags and like spits in the water. And <laughs> it's like it's a really strange uh, animation for that. It's don't worry. It's not animal abuse because they're all animals. And like whenever you jump on him, it acts like you get hurt. Like it, it knockbacks and like throws you kind of throws you into the water yeah so like yeah, the you whole gotta be careful is, sometimes yeah it's kind of an it like the timing of it is like has to be perfect because there's times where you hit the water and the water's still red but as soon as you get into it it starts like turning back to blue so i wonder if there's like a way to to miss that opportunity and like die from hitting the water too quickly or something <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that's possible, and also that it's a speed running trick somehow. Oh yeah, uh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I was, I was gonna say on variety points. I'm used to modern platforms, so like I, I'm used to stuff like Celeste, where like there's a lot of different mechanics in Celeste, but it's all very like integrated. It all feels very uh, kind of like natural. And then, like, in this game, I just go into a level, and it's like, you're racing people. And I was like, wait, I, I'm racing people? Yes. And then I had to, like, I couldn't figure out what it was like. I had to, like, see, oh, that flag, that's how many people, that's the people that are ahead of me. And, like, <laughs> like that can just happen. And that's something I noticed in this and in Mario World, where, like, there's stuff that kind of just happens more spontaneously yeah. in these older platformers. It makes it fun. It doesn't feel like, yeah, it feels like stuff can just, like, jump out of you. It kind of makes this, this sense that, like, any level can be anything. And that's something that I think is a lot more that's that's burned out a little bit in favor for more of a fluid thing. And you can argue which uh, like there's a still magic to having this variety approach though uh, of the older games well, that I think is interesting. Even in like uh, I can't remember which world it's in now, but we're the it, it has to be in the second world because that's like kind of the hot area. But there's the hot bo- air balloons that are in there. Mm-hmm. Like my recent playthrough, I forgot that you have to kind of like be established on the balloon before you can move it. So like I kept like trying to jump on it and move it as I was going and I would just run off right. the balloon. And I was like, I was like, I don't remember this being this hard. 
And then I, I finally like I stopped on one and it like kind of like clicks you into place and then you can move the balloons. But I had to like sit and think about it for a minute because it, it doesn't it's not as intuitive, you know, like I, you would think you could just get on there and start controlling it. But you have to kind of like wait a second on each balloon to get it to pick up that you're wanting to move the balloon and not the characters. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it, there's definitely a variety in the the game itself because like in the first game there's maybe like 10 enemies i think that are recycled like throughout all of the worlds you have like bees uh beavers uh and then a few varieties of kremlin and that's like pretty much the whole game's enemies (laughs) and then the second game is like "Ah, we're gonna double it we're gonna basically put uh about the same amount of enemies that were in the whole first game, just in the first world, as far as diversity goes. Like mm-hmm. every time you go to a new level, there's like three new enemies that you encounter. I think there's, I think there's thirty enemies in total, and I think that's one of the trivia questions. Oh, nice! How many enemies oh. are in this game? I think it's thirty. Nice, if I remember right. It's a nice multiple of ten. I yeah. think it's definitely, I uh, like I said, it's, it it makes the first game look like. Like a tech demo, like this whole this game just has more of everything, and it and it operates better. The uh, platforming feels more tight. In the first game, there was there was plenty of instances where like it feels sluggish or it feels slippery in some instances, whenever it's not supposed to be. But uh, this game like sticks pretty well. I didn't have any any troubles doing exactly what I wanted to, it, and it definitely requires you to do a lot more than the first game did. Uh, playing some of those levels with the crocodiles and you have to like activate them as you're jumping through there and they're timed. Like there's, there's definitely some like difficulty in, in some of those. I have to ask, uh, I, I, I haven't, I never, I didn't play Donkey Kong country one. Uh, do you think any of that has to do with the fact that you're playing as Diddy and Dixie and you don't have Donkey Kong, which I would imagine would be a slower style. Yeah, no, they definitely change, uh, that's definitely something they wanted to do whenever they went into the sequel. I think that was the whole, the whole idea is that donkey and Diddy were pretty similar in gameplay wise. So I think that it's definitely something they had to do for a sequel is kind of up the ante and, and create a character that moved a little bit differently this time. There's, there's really no difference to donkey and Diddy in the first game. Diddy might um, jump a little the, more freely. The main but... diff- Diddy swims better. Um, and donkey can knock out, um, enemies like clumps that are, cause he's, cause he's the heavyweight. Yeah. But like, as far as how they play is very similar compared to like, Diddy can't use his ponytail to float cause he doesn't have one. Uh, (laughs) you know, they, they both handle pretty. Yeah. But it it is interesting that by the third game, they would, they would introduce Kitty Kong as essentially a way of having, yeah, he, he basically is Donkey Kong from the first game with some of Diddy's traits just to, to basically to maximize how different he is from Dixie. Yeah. It's, they definitely make some interesting decisions on who they want to be in each game. Uh, I mean, it's also pretty a pretty bold move to have a Donkey Kong game where you don't play as Donkey Kong. That's true, and even though it is Diddy's Conquest, not not Diddy's Diddy Kong's Quest, but it is Diddy Kong's Quest. But the title is Diddy's Kong Quest. Uh, Dixie really is the star here. I think. I think, like most people, I kind of default to her. Yep. Because any in any platformer, the ability to hover 
or float or glide is premium. It's the oh, same yeah. reason Peach is the best character in Mario Bros. 2. So I think we can kind of just blend this uh, together and just talk a little bit. I know that uh, about experience wise, sorry, I didn't finish that, but I know that uh, Philip, this is your first time playing. So you're new to the, to the game. Uh, but I will say, nope. I should add, Go for it. I am new to the game. This is my first time playing, but as the winner of the retro white wine contest, you are the champion. I got all, I was the only content. I was the only entrant, but I, I way overachieved. I got all 40 video game hero coins, making me an official video game hero. So much. So I renamed myself in the discord obnoxiously to official video game hero. There you go. Uh, so I do know I, I, I am an expert on this game, but only this one. You are the not in the surrounding Donkey Kong. You are the retro rewind champion for Donkey Kong Country Two. This is true. <laughs> but I, I think as Sam and I have kind of alluded that we've played this game, at, you know, it, from our childhood and have replayed it since then, and, and that's where our experiences are coming from. Uh. And I think we've we've kind of hashed that out. So we'll we'll get into the meat and potatoes of this this episode since we we very quickly have wanted to talk about it. So. This, this game was released on the Super Nintendo in Japan on 21st of November in 1995, and North America would get it on the 4th of December in 95, and then uh, Europe would get it just 10 days later on the 14th, uh, which is, <clears throat> real quickly, I just want to add how quick of a turnaround off of the first game this is. This is like a year and a couple weeks, and they've popped out a new game which is like pretty unheard of. That's real quick for a sequel. Even in this time period, you know, with the, with the platforming game in mind that isn't really changing a whole lot asset wise. Uh, it's for as good of a game. It is. It, it was pumped out there. I mean, I remember barely getting, uh, cause I got Donkey Kong country pretty late, uh, on its release. And I remember getting it beat and playing it a couple times. And then they're like, oh, the sequel's coming out next month. It's like, oh, okay. We're, we're already there. Which is pretty nice. But, man, that's that's quick. I can't imagine a, a year development for a game. Especially today. Like, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, this is... It just reminded me of this. Because you put the European release on here. Which is just 10 days later. Um, this is one of the games... Probably because Rare, being a UK-based developer, was a lot more aware of this issue. Um, that this is a game that the European version properly uh, runs at 50 hertz, yeah. Instead of just being underclocked like so many others. Yeah, it was developed with that in mind instead of just being clocked down after 
development. And this game also released on the Game Boy Advance, uh, which, as we'll get to talking uh, later, I, I haven't researched any of the other games in the series, but this game for sure had some minor differences from the Super Nintendo version. Minor differences? Uh, and uh, by the time this game came out, we have the PAL region instead of uh, Europe, and it released on the 25th of June in 2004 in Europe and then uh, Japan would actually get it on the 1st of July so this in this case uh, uh, Europe actually gets it before uh, everyone else and then in North America uh, we wouldn't get it till the 15th of November of the, of 2004 which it's pretty crazy uh, the reverse order of things like almost you know exactly but, like, I don't know if you guys have much experience playing the handheld versions. They're actually pretty pretty well put together. They play very similar to the uh, Super Nintendo versions, uh, in my experience. I will say that I also own the Game Boy Color version of the original Donkey Kong Country, and it does not play as good as <laughs> the Super Nintendo version. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's a reason Donkey Kong Land was not a straight port of Ex- Donkey Kong Country. Exactly. So they yeah, needed the, the Game Boy Advance to do that. These uh, the Game Boy Advance games do hold up and they do play fair, you know they're very competent ports of uh, the originals and they and they play nicely. So uh definitely worth playing them over the originals for the extra content if you haven't played them before. Uh maybe one day we'll get these on NSO, who knows. I know we already have the uh, Super Nintendo versions, but it didn't stop yeah, them from releasing the, the... Yeah, we have the Mario Advance. Yeah, so I was going to say it didn't stop them from doing that. So, And then, so a, a little bit on the development of this, we kind of already talked a little bit about uh, how quickly it was and how a lot of the assets kind of stayed the same. There's not really not a whole lot of major stories on... You know, there, there was no hiccups or, or anything crazy that happened, but I thought that uh, Sam might get a kick out of uh, some of the titles of the game that were uh, thought of, you know, during the development cycle of it. Uh, have you read through those before, Sam? Oh, no, I have not. So uh, during development, this game wasn't, uh, it wasn't always going to be called Diddy's kong quest they definitely had some other uh names i'm trying to f- i'm trying to find them really quick. Oh, this sounds is. vaguely familiar so they had several working titles including dk rescue uh diddy's day out uh diddy's wild country and diddy's wild frontier and then they settled on diddy's uh diddy kong's quest uh but then towards the end of uh development they decided to slightly alter it to diddy's conquest uh to create the play on word of conquest that we know today and that we always uh, acknowledge whenever we're talking about the game <laughs> but it's just funny we almost yep. got diddy's day out <laughs> yeah diddy's wild frontier definitely like that sounds cool but then i might be expecting a cowboy theme and exactly I would be struggled to see a pirate theme yeah or Which I have to country. mention, the pirate theme is great, and it does build on K. Rule's existing characterization. 
Yes. Uh, I, I'm a sucker for pirate anything, so it, it's awesome. Kind of slightly off topic, the, the pirate stuff carry, pretty well carries over to the uh, animated series pretty well, too. There's lots of... Uh, Lots of pirate enemies in, in that show that were Kremlins. So it does a good job of, of making its way back over there. That's, and like I said, there's not a whole lot about the the development. You know, I, the decision to, to exclude Donkey Kong as a playable character is pretty big, pretty notable. Uh, the addition of Dixie, kind of reading through their... Uh, development notes they intended on having a female character for, as a main character for the game before development even started uh they just didn't know that it would be dixie kong until later uh and this move is is done to try to increase the uh interest in uh female gaming at the time because let's face it there was it was pretty much uh <laughs> a time period where games were were being advertised for uh the male demographic only it seems like so this is kind of a maybe a move where we're starting to see things shift and and uh those things being noticed and and trying to be changed on the forefront well i mean i mean for a long time people wanted to you know double their potential number of customers yeah that too well it's interesting that a lot of the uh, i know a lot of the uh a lot of gendered a lot of the gender split was created uh, when the NES came over and had to be put on the boy, boys or girls toy shelf because yep. I remember computer games were a lot it was a lot more open uh, to different genders trying out computer games before the Nintendo came on as a boys toy yep. specifically and now <laughs> they have the Nintendo game trying to reverse yeah I think uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like you have the Game Boy, which, you know, if they would have been trying to do this even earlier, you know, they would have probably released a Game Girl beside it, like a, maybe a pink Game Boy or, or something of that nature. You yeah, know. that's genius. Then you get the parents to buy two. Exactly. One for, one for their son, one for their True. daughter. And, and kind of. Buy Harvest along. Moon and Harvest Moon for girls. And then. That's, that's what I was. You could create the Game Adult. The Game Adult, yes. What? That's what that's what you call the Game Boy Advance, the Game Adult. Uh, the that's ga- just the I Nintendo the, Switch. Oh, I think of the Game Adult as like a, a really beat up, worn out uh, Game Boy that <laughs> has has been like beaten down by life. <laughs> that's seen some things. <laughs> exactly. Like like like, Screen's like got the some Gulf cracks War. In it. The one in like the one in the Gulf War. Yeah, that's the adult Game Boy right be. there. The one that's yeah. been through the Gulf War. <laughs> you just play Cranky Kong Country on that. Exactly. Uh, kind of part of this this movement to try to uh bring more interest to uh female gamers they've they've also removed candy kong uh due to nintendo feeling that there was a over sexualization of the character uh which is kind of because she comes back in later games right if i'm am i uh does she? Isn't she in three? She can work I this thought up. she was I in I think three. she might be in... Is she in 64? I think she's in 64. Yeah. So, she is not in uh, three. I don't she's believe. Not? There's a cameo in the Game Boy Advance remake. 
she she appears in the Game Boy Advance remakes of she doesn't three, even, three. She doesn't even last long enough. Like she's not not kicked out long enough to stay out of the remake. Even like they're like, oh yeah, we got to bring her back. She's in sixty four, no, Tropical Freeze, uh, the television series. Yeah. Uh, she makes her way into Mario Kun, the Mario manga. Yeah. And she's in Picross King MP of Swing. Volume 8. I need to play King of Swing. I bought that from Dan. I need to play that. Oh. Nice. So anyway, that's kind of the development. There wasn't a whole lot, like I said, but we uh, we cruised right through it. So we can uh, talk about the story next. It's a, it's a platforming Super Nintendo game. They give us a little bit. Most of this probably came mind? from the manual. Can, am I allowed to you, read? I have the manual up. I can read the you manual. You can read the story because story. I think this episode, or I think this came from the manual. All right. Trouble in Paradise. Donkey Kong gulped down the last of his banana milkshake and sighed happily, his old bench, uh, beach chair creaking as he wrinkled his toes in the sand. This is the life, he thought to himself, the sun beating down on a clear blue sky and no pesky banana thieving kremlings to worry about. Lazily, he raised a hand to wave at Funky, who was showing off his surfing expertise out on the waves with the squawking seagulls. Donkey Kong settled back and closed his eyes, thinking he'd have a little doze when he heard the sound of shuffling feet. Before he knew what was happening, Cranky Kong bops him on the head with his cane. Youch, he explained, glaring at the snickering old ape standing in front of him. Well, well, said Cranky, what do you think you're doing sitting around all day? You won't get much of a game out of this, or they won't get much of a game out of this, will they? I thought you were supposed to be a big star. Even stars get time off, muttered Donkey Kong, rubbing his head. I never did, said Cranky proudly, whiskering off maidens and throwing bells around the place seven days a week. I was... That's how I got where I am today. You know, hard work. None of this lazing around on the beach. Why don't you go out? Why don't you go off and pester Diddy or something? Complained Donkey Kong. Let me have a bit of peace for once. Cranky snorted. Ha! He's off somewhere with that girlfriend of his. But still, I can see when I'm not wanted. Grumbling to himself, Cranky shambled off the off down the beach leaving Donkey Kong to pull his hat over his eyes. He has a hat, I guess. Sinking down into his beach chair and slowly drift to sleep. When night fell and their big buddy still hadn't returned, Diddy and Dixie Kong got worried and went to look for him. As they reached the beach, they saw hundreds of strange-looking footprints that led from the sea to form a big circle around the spot where Donkey Kong's chair lay, smashed to pieces. Kremlings, Diddy gasped in horror. On top of the bits of chair, they found a note. Who are the yellow-bellied, land-loving Kong family? Ha-ar! We got the big monkey. If you want him back, you scurvy dogs, you have to hand over the banana horde. Captain K. Rule. I thought we'd seen the last of that old... Wait, wait, this is... Sorry, I forgot. This is Wrinkly. I thought we'd seen the last of that old rascal for a while, sighed Wrinkly Kong. Cranky's good-natured old wife when the rest of the family had read the Mansum note. 
Well, grunted Cranky, I suppose we'd better give him the bananas, hadn't we? Diddy was shocked. After all we did to get them back last time, Donkey Kong would go crazy if he lost his bananas again. Got any betty ideas, you young snappers? demanded the old ape. We've got to rescue him together, of course, said Diddy and Dixie together. But Cranky just laughed. Oh, really? And who exactly is we, hmm? Count me out, dudes, said Funky, quickly, backing away from the group. I hate adventures. I think I'm a bit old for that sort of thing, said Wrinkly apologetically. And I'm sure his spit not gonna do it, snapped Cranky. Not that I'm past my prime, mind you. I could still do a better job than the rest of you put together. But I wouldn't be seen dead in a game that scrolls and his bonus levels and end bosses. What about me? asked Diddy, stamping his, stamping his foot. I went with Donkey, Kong, Donkey on his last adventure. Why can't I do it? You, laughed Cranky. You've only been in one game, and you didn't even get your name in the title. You think that makes you a hero? Diddy looks discouraged, but Dixie was quick to stand up for him. Give him a chance. He could be a better hero than you ever were, she challenged. Cranky scowled. You think so, do you? You think he can make his way through all those crumblings and all those traps all by himself? He won't be by himself, she replied. I'm going with him. Diddy stared at her, and she stared defiantly back. But it's dangerous, he protested. You're not scared, are you? Of course I'm not. Well, neither am I. Don't try to argue. If you're going, I'm going with you. Diddy sighed. He knew a hopeless argument when he saw one, but still, he was Donkey's only hope. Of course, if he managed to rescue his big buddy, he'd become a real video game hero, too. Could he ask for a better chance to prove himself? Cranky was looking over th them over shrewdly. All right, he said. If you somehow get back safely from this and bring back that good-for-nothing donkey with you, I'll admit that maybe you have what it takes after all. But if you don't, there will never be more than cheap cameo rolls for you in the future, my boy. Then he stood up straight and proud, ready for his new quest. I'll bring him back. You'll see, he declared. The others offered him encouragement. Wrinkly gave him a warm smile, while Funky offered his hand for a high five. Go for it, little dude. And as soon as the sun rose again, the brave young pair set out. Uh, I noticed that's not uh, that's not the exact no, thing it says in, in the Wikipedia. No, it is not. Not even close. That was way better. I had no idea that they had put that much into the, the manual. That's amazing. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm surprised how meta this game is. Like in-game and in the manual. So, like, the, in the manual, Cranky, like, has objections. Like, on the page with the animal friends, he mentions, uh, he's, he says, a more tragic-looking bunch of useless no-hopers you'll never see. I liked Expresso and Winky. Where have they gone? <laughs> and even, like, all the way at the back, he says, uh, like, on the, like, warranty and service, he's like, I'll wager this shot of game won't even last three days, so you'll be needing this warranty, I can assure you. <laughs> Yeah, he was like comments throughout the manual. <laughs> he also references this like throughout when you talk. If you talk to him in game, he references a few things like his official video, like the video game hero coins. He puts those out as an extra test. Like the the idea is, he went out, hid all the video game hero coins, and if you and like there's like this stand thing, they have first, second, third place where he like judges you based on other video game heroes, and like Mario and Yoshi and Link will be on the on the stands. Yep. So like that's like a part of the test. It's integrated into the story of proving self to Cranky. Uh, Cause like he went out and hit all the, D the DK coins. 
uh, which he yeah. calls video. He apparently coins. can be bothered to do that, but not to you know not save. to actually no. save Donkey. He can go. He he can go to every level, but he won't. Uh, he he insists he's only doing it because he doesn't want to be in a game with modern things in it. That's right. He's the, he's just the old uh, cranky guy that doesn't want to do anything. Things used to be way harder in his time. Yeah. No, that's awesome. They uh, they really do it on these stories. I, I I'm gonna have to go back and look at the first game and see if they really, you know, did much of any of that in that manual because I don't, I don't even know if I ever owned any of the manuals for the the original games when I had them as a kid. Well, I guess I, I was kind of thinking about this uh, when I was playing just a little bit earlier, how how all these characters do seem to be just treating it like a game because they are enjoying themselves. And it shows in a lot of the little details of animations. Like when you go to um, Kremland, which is the theme park themed uh, area, uh, there's a couple levels with roller coasters and Diddy and Dixie will lift their hands up when you go down the ramps. Oh, yeah. Just to... And like when they're in the beehive levels with the honey, it'll actually eat the honey off the walls when you're sticking to it. Yep. Oh, they and they cost like the the standing still animations, like with the yo-yos, and mm-hmm. they they're doing all kinds of things whenever you're just chilling there. It's pretty cool. So this game, I think, is broke out into was it eight worlds? If I remember right, no, not not eight. It's like five or something. Uh, there's one, two, because these are also in the manual in front of me. There's Gameplay Galley, Creme Quay. Oh, I'm reading that in the wrong order. Gameplay Galley, Crocodile Cauldron, Creme Quay, Crazy Kremland, Gloomy Gulch, and King Cable's Keep. So that's six normal worlds. There's also the Lost World, and there's a kind of extra world after you beat K. Rose, spoilers, after you beat K. Rose Keep, which is like his airship, but that's like one level and a boss. Yeah, it's it's so like it the one count. the one level where you have to, where you race his parrot with squawks. Yeah. Right? That's a fun level, yeah. though. So, I guess that's seven worlds and then a not-so-large world. But, uh, yeah, seven worlds are kind of like an end area. Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking, though. The uh, and one of those is secret. Yes. The the like I said, the level designs in this game are top notch. They're they're definitely more vibrant in some cases. Like there was a lot of times in the original Donkey Kong Country that like things were just so dark in the game. Like it's hard to tell, you know. Yeah. pieces of the level that you can interact with with the backgrounds even sometimes uh especially some of the like mine levels or whatever or uh even some of the underwater levels are kind of hard to discern things to, to the point where they use the game uses it to its advantage and like creates secrets or like if you butt up against a wall in certain places you can actually go through the wall <laughs> but uh right which was also in the first game but this game definitely has a broader variety of places that you are going uh, and doesn't have an ice level. So this goes definitely in its advantage of not sliding around with a big old donkey. 
It has an ice level. It even doesn't have like level. a whole world of ice levels though that sucks in the no, middle of the game. Kind of. Okay, no, it doesn't have a whole world of ice levels. I think it might have one or maybe two. Yeah, I think, think they got a, a bunch of feedback from the original game where they threw a whole ice world in there where you just slide around the whole time and it's everyone's least favorite part of the game. You should take a game that is already very slippery <laughs> as far as it's platforming goes and then you add ice and then they add extra slipperiness on top of it so like sticking a landing on a you know platform in the middle of a, a jump and you just slide right off the end of it is not not real fun i still i don't know i wish i was missing that i felt i felt that it could really use me sliding off into oblivion yeah. or i thought you'd give me a criticism of the game right now. yeah and then and then the bosses to me felt way more unique than the original game like the original game's like, okay, the boss yeah. is just going to be a larger version of one of the enemies. And, uh, and you're he has like jump an extra on him ability. Three times. Yeah, yeah, you jump on him three times and then that's it. Uh, it To me, it felt really old, like it, the boss battles did. Like, this is like harkens back to like Mario 3, like where every time you get to the end of a castle, you fight one of the Koopalings and it's like, just jump on their head three times. It's, it's uh-huh. that kind of feeling whenever, uh, this game is way more creative in how you fight the bosses. Like one of my favorite boss yeah. battles is, is the second world where you're fighting the cleaver and like you're having to jump from hook to hook to hook and getting across the, the level in different ways. There's, there's just so much variety compared well, to and especially K rule at the end is a great oh, yeah. boss fight. Just, just by the standards of any game, I think he's definitely a major upgrade over the first time you fight him in the first game. Just in, in the way it starts relatively simple and teaches you what you're supposed to do and gradually makes it more complicated. Yep. It's great. And this is kind of the first time where uh, I'll mention that the Game Boy Advance version does have a separate boss that you don't fight in the original game uh, named uh, Kerosene, which is a play on words for kerosene, I guess. What's Kerosene. What is kerosene? Is that what you asked? Yeah. It's yeah. Fuel. I'm looking it up. Oh, that would make sense. He breathes fire. So yes. does that. And he's just, I haven't played, I don't know that I've ever played the, the Game Boy Advanced version to completion. I know I played it when it released. Uh, and I don't remember fighting this boss. Uh, but just looking at some of the video footage of, of, him, it looks like a pretty fun boss battle that would have felt right at home in the original SNES version. I do want that. It's the goal. Yes. And then you have the, to me, King Zing is kind of the only one that kind of feels out of place. Cause he again is like this, you know, a large version of the boss of the, yeah, he's just a, yeah. he's just a big B. <laughs> the zinger, or what, what are they called? The zings? I think they're zinger. yeah, they're zingers. Yeah. Uh, I can actually, yeah, zingers. The locks are back. Zingers return to endlessly buzzing, compounding, caused the Kongs all kinds of problems. Yeah. But it, just to, all the levels are seem like they're just way more well crafted in this this version, or in this uh, in the sequel versus the first game. And then that kind of carries on, even, uh, you know. I think there was even some more uh, advantages, not advantages per se, but 
uh, I think they just keep getting better and better as they make the games, like even even to the newer stuff. But uh, you know, the third game is yes, yes and no. I mean, you bring up the third game. Um, I'll defend it against a lot of the naysayers, but I, I do think it's it's open to the criticism that maybe they leaned a little too hard onto gimmicks in some of its levels where I think two struck a very nice balance in giving you variety, but allowing you to not have to pre-learn what game you're playing uh, just because you're on a different stage. Yeah. I, I just, I think I liked the variety of it. Like I said, the variety just keeps increasing as you go through mm-hmm. the games in the series. But yeah. The third game definitely plays around with more environmental uh, aspects to where the second game is, is you're basically you know your characters are going to get you through the game they don't change uh, there's very few times where the environmental pieces are hard to figure out I think the fir- the third game is far more puzzly than the than the other two yeah uh, so I do kind of see what you're talking about there but uh, I, I definitely like the direction that they're going whenever you play them versus uh just kind of how simple and basic the first game feels whenever uh you're playing it yeah it's it's everything you want from a sequel right like it 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 takes what was good about the original and it finds things to add to that that don't interfere so much as to take away what was good yeah takes the building blocks from the first game and just kind of increases the quality of everything around it and quantity, which is very nice. I think the the second game is easily twice as long. Well, yeah, the first game didn't have bonus coins. Uh, there were bonus areas just for earning extra lives and bananas and things, and yep. they counted towards your completion score, but uh, this introduced multiple bonus coins in most levels, along with the uh, video game hero coins. I always called them DK coins. I mean, that is yeah, their official too. name. Most, most people did. <laughs> I'm just being a stickler because they're officially the Cranky's video game hero coins. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I I have to say, uh, playing this as someone who's like played a lot of the modern stuff, like uh, or not not even the modern DK games, but like if someone used, I'm used to like the. I started on like the new Super Mario games and I'm used to having collectibles. It feels weird knowing that Donkey Kong Country 1 didn't have collectibles. Partially because going as a modern gamer, going back to this game, it felt very natural for there to be collectibles. Oh, don't worry. The collectibles were very natural. And Just wait till you get to Donkey Kong 64. You'll be... Yeah, no, yeah no, it, it definitely, and and that seemed to be even just a trend in um, in games from the like late SNES era to the N sixty four era was like let's let's put more collectibles in everything everywhere, and and really just well, get Rare more out of the, our games that way. Rare was the king of it, you know, which. I think we've gone this far into the But even even like even, even like Super Mario stuff. World, even like Super Mario World was putting in yeah. like multiple exits to stages and things. Oh um, yeah. I mean, that's actually something interesting about Mario World is the main collectible in Mario World is exits. 
which is such a very interesting thing. And of course they make it like slightly less than a hundred exits. I think it's like 96 or something because they can't just make the number say a hundred. But yeah, they Mario board has its main thing is exits. The, uh, they have the dragon coins, but they're more closer to the Kong coins in this thing where like, they just kind of give you a life. Yep. Uh, but I think compared to Mario World, this game, it has collectibles where you get them once and then you have them. I, I Actually, if we're going to talk about collectibles, these are very well-hidden collectibles. Like, and DK coins can be given for anything. Like in that race, that race thing, mm-hmm. uh, that race I talked about, DK coin uh, is if you be, if you win the race, you get the DK coin. Yeah, you don't but have to like, win the race to clear the stage. You just... That's true. You need to do it to get the coin. Otherwise, yeah. The D, I mean, I loved looking for the DK coin because it could, it kind of could be anywhere. Like some DK coins, like, and like they usually felt very good to find the DK coin because it's usually hidden quite well. And so there's like the DK coin, there's like at least one DK coin that's like past the end. Mm-hmm. There's a few, uh, there's one DK coin that you get for getting the this one deca coin you get for getting an animal a certain amount of the way and like, and like you could do From almost what i remember anything. they do have a tendency to be near the end of a stage that's true the but there are a few that are right by the there beginning are. for instance the one dark level i know i found you spin you go up and like you find a secret up and there's a secret room but then if you go up farther past the secret room there's another secret room with a one in it and if you check the walls, you'll find that there's four rooms that have one, two, three, and room mm-hmm. four has the DK coin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah like I mean, all the way back in the first game, there is, if you want that 101% completion, you had to get the bonus the bonus uh, level that was inside another bonus level. Yeah, the bonus bonus level. And, and like, if you skip it, you can't get it after that. Yeah. It's crazy. There's a DK coin in a bonus level. Uh, because yeah. the bonus levels in this game are all for uh, crumb coins, yeah, uh, crumb coins. Which of which it uh, is nice yeah. in this game that if you don't complete one, that you can re-enter. Mm-hmm. Yes, in the original game, you, can, you can't do that. And most of the bonuses right. are really not that difficult. I've found, at least in later no. playthroughs, I remember being super stressed about the time limit as a kid. But now I do them, and I don't even try to go that fast. I'm like, oh, I have 10 seconds left. Yeah. They... But finding the bonus rooms. Yes, finding the bonus rooms can be more difficult. That's the hard part. They are more difficult than the actual bonus room itself. <laughs> and there's some really fun... There's some really... There's some ones that stump me. There's this one one where you're supposed to, to do... You're supposed to get the rhino to a certain pace and then, like, ram through an unmarked wall... And I, I was watching like a review of this game, and they were like, "Yeah, it's really cool because if you know what you're doing, you'll see this long straightaway in a wall, and therefore you'll know that's where the rhino is." And I was like, "I didn't know that. That's, I looked at that stage well, for that's hours." That's because you didn't play the first game. I uh, find the first that's game where a lot they, of the bonus areas are. Yeah, in the first yeah. game, they teach you right off the bat. They're like, "You get the rhino." And then in the side of one of the platform that's a cliff or whatever, you can just run straight through it and it takes you into a bonus level. I I knew that you could do that because there are other bonus levels. It took me an embarrassingly long time to get to figure out 
how to use Engard's charge, even though I read the manual before playing. <laughs> in the first level, I read the manual before playing. I got up to it, and it was just A. And I was like, A, that's a weird letter. And it took, like, a few, like, runs of the stage for it to click, oh, I'm supposed to charge here. Uh, and that changed uh, my perspective. Uh, actually, here's there's a really fun one in the spider level late game. I think the creme quay. Uh, to get to one of the bonus rooms, you have to, and this took a while, but it was really satisfying to figure out, is it just has a, a, a back arrow. And I'm like, what does this mean? It's just an arrow pointing to the left. And I eventually, by kind of accident, like, because, like, there's a cannon guy, he shoots, and it, by accident, I don't kill him, and I see a cannon, and, I'm, and like, right by the arrow, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're supposed to get him to shoot backwards at you, so you have to go a little ways. She shoots backwards. You follow the cannon back because by the time you get to the cannon guy, the original bonus area is off screen, and then let it blow up the wall. Yeah, uh, which I was really satisfied to figure out, but it was very frustrating to not figure out. And I died a lot of. I, I also embarrassingly, I didn't realize you could just leave stages until after I had a hundred percent of the game. Um, <laughs> That's a thing you could do. I didn't have to just kill ev- kill my guy every time. It's possible. So, another thing too, when you mentioned the spider, um, I was replaying recently, and I forgot that I wasn't thinking in my head that you could that he has two abilities. You know, he can either just shoot the mm-hmm. web out as a weapon, or he can shoot it out and turn it into a platform. I actually completed right. the whole level uh, without creating a platform. Yeah, Squitters is honestly, like, overpowered. Like, I love him, but I also completely understand why they didn't bring him back, because, like, he's easy mode. Oh, he breaks because, the game. Yeah, I mean, I, you, I you, can, you can go anywhere on the screen by just making your little webs, and you've also got a projectile, which he can curve, which this is a game that, like, yeah. you know, picking up a barrel is a rare occasion normally. Now you can hit everything right. from anywhere on the screen. Oh, yeah. You can be anywhere on the screen, I, hitting I anything, say, anywhere else on the screen. I will say he is he he is debuffed a little by my own ignorance because I keep forget I would learn and then I forget that I can curve things because it's just not something I do very often. Mm. So then I'll be like, man, it's too hard to get this enemy and go downwards even though I could just curve it, and that's a known mechanic. I just keep forgetting that it exists. talked around a lot of it. is there any aspects or any levels uh that you want to bring up specifically i know that you mentioned one earlier in the episode flighty uh oh yeah a i do i also on the topic of secrets i do also want to talk a little bit about so aspects wise i want to talk about the, the, the buying things uh but levels wise i want to talk about uh Okay, I should preface by saying one of the great things about this game is despite its reputation for being hard, despite the fact that some of the difficult levels are very frustrating, is that it is a very smooth difficulty curve. There isn't any points where I felt noticed the spike and I was like, yes, 
Like there wasn't any moments where it surprised me with how difficult it gradually gets difficult. Like I, I did the first level, not too bad. The second level, not too bad, and it kept being like that. It's like boiling the frog. Where like by the end, I'm having a lot of trouble, but I, I kind of haven't realized. Like it's very nice, and like I was definitely having more trouble on the last world than earlier worlds. But it's a very nice they kind of like in. smooth difficulty curve. Yeah. And then Animal Antics happens at the very end of the game. Now, to be fair to Animal Antics, it's the very last Lost World level. It's the very last normal level that you'll play. And so it kind of gets a little bit of a pass. You get to have the, uh, you get to use your, uh, you get to try all the animals. It uses all the animals. And I remember this is very specific moment where you go through the animals and you get to a part with, uh, Parts in the sky. You have like the spider. You go up to the sky because you're on the spot on the ground with the spider. You go on a barrel. You get shot up to the sky, and it's beautiful because it's the first time you see the bramble sky without without the brambles in the background. It's the bramble theme. It's got the Stickerbush Symphony playing, and it's got them. But normally there's this hunk of brambles behind you. You know, in the bramble levels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. And this level in Animal Antics, I think only in Animal Antics, they're gone and it's a clear blue sky. And it's kind of beautiful, like going up there that first time and realizing, oh, like, because it's, it's such a familiar thing and it's already a very beautiful kind of ambience, but now it's clear blue. And then you get a certain ways and you get squawk and they added wind. And they make you do, in this very serene, beautiful environment, squawks with wind. Wind that alternates back and forth on a regular mm -hmm. interval. And it is the most annoying thing I have ever played. Yeah, the wind That's is pretty the brutal. Difficulty. Uh, there's, there's a reason it doesn't show up until Ghastly Gulch. Yeah. Um, cause, because cause it, yeah. It's already a precise thing. It's already such a precise thing to use squawks. And then with wind, because it's... Because, like, the, the deceptive thing is you'll be going slow. You'll be going so slow. And you're like, yeah, this is slow. I got this. And then, like, in a blink of an eye, you'll, like, just go a little bit further. And you'll accelerate instantly and slam into a wall. Yep. I don't know how it happens. It, it feels like it's like I'm being super careful. Bam. It's like... like it's so hard to get used to, and it's not, and it's the second to last section, and after that, there's a section with the snake that's pretty precise. It's not too difficult. It only took me three tries, but there's no health barrel, and there's no checkpoint, so each time, each of those three tries was, like, every time I, like, it only took me three tries, but that's three tries that then I had to do the squawk section again. Uh, <laughs> So it's animal antics. It's it's like so every level in this game is very well difficultyified, except for animal antics. Uh, animal antics it's is very uh, uh, very aptly yeah. named. Mm -hmm. I I it gets a little bit of a pass for being basically the final hard level at the end of the at the end of the game. I, but, I think, <laughs> speaking of animal yeah. antics, is the perfect place to kind of go through the list of uh, your animal friends uh, that are in the game. Uh, we get Rambi back from the first game, as we already talked about, and Engard, the swordfish. Uh, 
actually feels a little slightly different in the second game. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's one of those where I can't quite put my finger on what's different, but he feels a little bit different when you're using him. Uh, and then Rattly the Rattlesnake uh, is a new... Definitely feels like an alternate form of Winky from the first game. Yes. Jump high, can land on dangerous enemies you normally can't, like bees. Yes. And then we've talked about Squitter the Spider, uh, who's broken. We've also talked about Clapper the Seal, who is a very unusual seal. Uh, Squawks the Parrot, uh, which Squawks is in the first game too, right, isn't he? He is, but he's just, he just holding the flashlight and yeah, giving you seizures. Yeah, just for you. That's what I was thinking. Well, no, especially in the original, like, that animation when he turns around, he actually faces the screen, and there's, like, a bright flash, and I'm like, this this is oh, yeah. painful to look at. And then I have in the notes here that there's Quawks, the parrot, which is that... Uh, the purple That's one. That's the guy you race, I think. No, yeah, no, the, he's talking about no, the yeah, purple Squawks. The... Yeah, the purple Squawks is just Quawks. And I don't know the, just like a, oh, the bad guy stinks. name. <clears throat> no, yeah, right. Wait, I'll look it he's, up. Uh, he's kind of like a just a D-rated version of Squawks. Like he doesn't have the he can't throw the rocks or whatever. He like falls down. Yeah. So yeah. what what is he spitting? I've seen people call them eggs, and I'm like, those aren't eggs. No, uh, it looks like rocks to me. So for whatever reason, I guess because he's a parrot. I thought they were crackers. Uh, really? That's what we decided when I was a kid. Uh, we've got three different... I thought they were coconuts. 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 Okay. Yeah, they're kind of oddly yeah. shaped and colored to be... This is where DK got the idea for his coconut gun? Yeah. That's what I... I thought they were coconuts. Uh, the... Uh, I, I Oh, so the bad guy is called Screech. Oh, He's Screech. Screech. That makes sense. But yeah, no... Uh, we'll have to find out what Squawks actually, uh, his projectile actually. And the wiki, uh, fandom wiki, which is not an independent wiki, so we can't trust it entirely, uh, is says they're eggs. There is, I'm not really sure. I don't I believe, believe it. Them. Yeah, I don't believe it. Only that, but how uh, bad of a parent is Squawks if he's just like throwing his <laughs> eggs everywhere? <laughs> Also, I don't think mean biology has you throw. I, to me, it looks like he's throwing. Yeah, she throws eggs. The eggs. Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. Like, they're I, like it looked like they're coming out of his mouth. So like. uh, this this confirms my coconut theory, except that how he got all those coconuts in his mouth. Don't worry about yeah, that. He's like a chipmunk version of a parrot. Yeah, he can just load up. I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't. They definitely don't look like eggs to me. Uh, I that to me they just looked like a big like a clump of rock or or you know something of that nature. Whenever Sam's saying crackers, like I just ultimately think saltines, and they they definitely don't look like a saltine. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're, well, they're like crackers. yellow colored, you know. Yeah, they're like round really? and yellow. They're just round yellow lumps. I don't know what they're supposed they, to be. I get. I don't know if I'm playing with a. On my OLED, they look like they're kind of darker, like an orange color. I thought they were brown. I thought they were coconut colored. Yeah. Look, I woke up Squawk's shaft, <laughs> which is, of course, I, they definitely did Safe that one on purpose. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's the name of the level? Uh, 
I'm looking through it to see if I can see what it looks like. While he's looking at that, we do have a couple more. We have Glimmer, the angel fi- angler fish, which is the, the little fish that lights up the water level uh, while you're in there. Okay. All right. So they're kind of like in... Okay, looking at it more closely on like this, on like the HDTV, I can kind of see why they're called eggs. They're speckled and they're like orange, but that just makes, they look like a potato now. <laughs> now they look like a potato. I, looking at them up close, they look like a potato. They're potato colored. Uh, like they're like yeah, a they, they, they have like red dots. Speckles. That's just weird. Like here, I'll pause the, I'll pause it when he, why would when you cough up eggs? Yeah, that's weird. And then I, this is the second difference that I've uh, seen documented between the uh, SNES version and the GBA version. But uh, in the GBA version, you actually get a uh, espresso two espresso. Uh, and he's supposed to be like a descendant of the original uh, espresso. Huh. So, but not espresso junior. Because we He's don't talk junior. about Donkey Kong Junior. Yes. Which, of course, why? Why? Kitty, Kitty should have just been Kong's Donkey dad. Kong Junior, right? But isn't Donkey Kong Junior Donkey Kong's dad? Because Donkey Kong Junior is the original Donkey Kong son. No, Cranky Kong is the Cranky original Kong Donkey is the original Kong. Donkey Kong. Yeah, we don't know yeah, what so happened to Donkey Junior. Donkey Kong Junior, but Donkey Kong Junior was so. I would think Donkey Kong Junior would be because Donkey Kong is the grandson of Cranky Kong, right? Which would make Donkey Kong Jr. Donkey Kong's father. Yeah, but then why why does he look younger than Donkey Kong and Mario Tennis? Well, Mario Tennis also has Mario Baby Mario, That's right? That's true. Yes. Time so travel. So there's some time bending going on. Yes. Time travel in, in Mario Tennis. But yes. Or it just takes place in like an outside yeah, so universe Espresso that two. isn't related to Espresso the yeah. second. Maybe he's the child of Express. That's interesting. Yeah. So is is he just inserted into another level, or I think he has his own level. Hmm. Does does the, does the GBA game have its own world? Like, because like we got a new animal, we got a new boss. Is there like an extra world in the GBA version? Because it kind of feels like it. I mean, it's not animal antics unless it has an Expresso Two section as well, right? You got to have That's all true. the animals. Well, that's, yeah, it, and it could be. I'm trying to, hold on, I'm trying to find out real quick. See if I can do it in less time. Uh, see. So it says here that Espresso 2 is uh, an animal buddy. Uh, see, found in the GBA version of Donkey Kong Country 2. This bird is the new animal buddy of Cranky Kong. He's only found in the locations of Cranky's hut. After finding three golden feathers in any any stages and receiving another one from Cranky Kong uh, by picking the option Cranky's Surprise in any Cranky's hut, uh, the old primate will allow the heroes to use the feathers to freely power up the bird and control him during races in the Espresso Racing minigame against three other Espressos. Oh, obviously, of course. That makes yes, sense. Espresso 2 possesses a total of 40 slots for upgrading uh, equally divided into the stats, strength, speed, flight, and boost, uh, which is really weird because he is a ostrich and he has a stat for flight. Uh, during if races, you raise it high race, enough, he stops being an ostrich. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, I guess you can upgrade his wings. Uh, Turns into an eagle. Uh, let's see. Deering races players must avoid being pushed by other racers, jump over elevated ground and obstacles such as water and mud, and do not fall down into pits like spike traps. Running over red arrows will give Espresso a short boost of speed, and collecting golden feathers on the track allows Espresso to uh, make short fly, make a short flight and collect uh, bird grains also can be used to give him a short boost of speed. I think it's interesting that uh, Espresso is one of the is is Cranky's bird. Because Cranky mentioned in the manual that he wants Espresso and Winky Man. He does, and, then he and gets there's him also back. I was, yeah, <laughs> I was I was scrolling through quotes because I was trying to find some of the. I want to talk about Cranky's quotes eventually, so I was scrolling through them, and I found one for when you enter the Monkey Museum where he has the chance to say, "Where's Espresso? A clumsy spider and a fat parrot is that the best they can think of?" <laughs> so there's also things he mentions in the game about wanting Espresso. <laughs> I'm gonna try to see also. Uh to kind of answer your your other question if there's another stage uh trying to see if they're uh well so it is interesting that he's he's confined to a mini game which is kind of separate from from the main well that's what i was uh trying to look where where does the new boss fit in you know uh from what i was seeing it's at the it is like you have to beat him before you enter K Rules Keep. Uh, okay. Yep. He's fought at the end of K Rules Keep. End of K Rules Keep. Yeah, on Stronghold Showdown. He he replaces the cutscene, I guess. I mean, li- like other bosses, I mean, he's he's his own stage, right? Yes. Uh, and and how he works is uh, he slams his two fists uh, with into walls. And he will grab two cleavers, the uh, boss, and they will attempt to. He will attack them with the cleavers, and then cannonballs will appear, and the monkeys will need to throw them at the cleavers. That's how you kind of defeat him. It's kind of kind of funny how they throw him in there, and he's like utilizing other bosses in the game as weapons. Well, that's always kind of a good way to sell. Like like this guy's using the the world two boss as a weapon. It's yeah. a good way to kind of sell him as a tough guy. You know. It's pretty cool. They they do a good job. Now I'm now I'm just even more curious about you know, are there any other changes? I'm going to have to Ah, oh, here we go. I found a, a section of it. Uh, let's see. There's an entirely new main menu which gives access to game files. Uh, you can do Diddy's Bash or the bonus games. Uh, from the menu, uh, Diddy's Dash is a time trial mode for regular stages. Uh, it says the game's physics are slightly different on the GBA version, which I have noticed playing that. Uh, the secondary character now follows uh, the Kong in the lead more accurately. I got a, this is somewhat unrelated, but I got a, got a glitch to happen. Uh, where, like, the wrong Kong was lit up. Like, the guy I was playing as was dark, and the, and the one who was following was lit up. I don't remember how I did it, though, but I did it multiple times. Huh. Ah, this is cool. So in the GBA version, since it uh, released after uh, DK64, 
Uh, they've updated all the Kongs to have voice clips uh, that came from Donkey Kong 64 in the GBA version. That's that's very in keeping with the Mario Advance games as well, which also yes. added voice clips for Mario at least. It's it's pretty cool. An exploit. There's also an exploit that that allows you to obtain all 75 uh, Crim coins in the very first stage of the game. Oh yeah. I thought that I thought that was in the in the original too. I was like, I kind of code. Oh, a secret. Yes, no, actually, in the GBA version, that has been removed. So that that did uh, exist in the in the SNES version. But oh yeah, there are some codes. I never used them, but there are codes. I forgot. Uh, do you, let's let's look up the codes. All because some of the, some of the stuff you can do. Donkey uh, Kong Country Two codes. Because I know there were a few. I guess we'll use the IGN one. Uh, so, uh, apparently there's a way to work 14 under the endo. Well, I think level in Crocodile Cauldron, but I think that's less of a code and more of like a very secret shortcut. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, uh, similar thing in the first one. There's a way to get a lot of extra lives, uh, push you through the level until you got to through Cloak Stone Barrels, first we'll run off the room and throw another barrel weave. Won't be too far before you throw through. Go to the B, break the chest of beetle, repeat this. Okay, so annoying thing about looking up cheats on websites like IGN is that they have no distinction between actual codes and just kind of tricks that people think. Yeah. Uh, so that's annoying. Uh, that's a glitch. Uh, all right. At the Game Boy select screen, uh, at the cheat mode option, you could select. Uh, you could select. Y, A, select, A, down, left, A, down for 50 lives. Uh, in these 75 Prem coins is in Pirate Panic, go into Cable's cab- Cabin, don't collect the balloon, leave, jump over the first two bananas, collect the next, next bunch on top of the barrels, still avoiding the first pair of bananas, return to the cabin and grab the balloon, repeat step two, and then return to the cabin, still avoiding the first two bananas, you'll get a floating Prem coin in the air, which has all of them. Uh... <laughs> There's also there's cheat mode. Uh, it's it's go in the music test. Press down repeatedly until cheat mode appears. Uh, you could eliminate DK barrels by pressing B A right right A left A X. Uh, That's hard mode. You could check how many. Yeah, you could check how many DK coins you have at Cranky's Video Game Heroes Place uh, by pressing L R R L R R L R R until a screen comes up that says Cranky's Video Game Heroes. Uh, I think, isn't, isn't there also, let me look this up. So I guess really, uh, this might be, if you do the exploit to get all the, the crim coins, you can actually like skip a pretty, you know, a lot of the game. Cause there's all the, the yeah. shortcuts where you can pay the crim coins to bypass. Yeah. If you, if you, if you want to get rid of all the fun, you can, you can get yeah. all the crem coins at the beginning. I would not be not surprised if doing so gets like CrankyCon to call you a cheater. Does actually? Is there crem? Right. I feel like that would be very appropriate. It would be. Cranky calls you a cheater. I'm gonna look this up. See if this is like because that does sound like that you would happen. All right, so it says it won't give you 102. percent Like it won't actually. The percentages are still dependent on the real Cram coins. 
Gotcha. So basically, because stages will mark with an, it, carrying over from all the games. Yeah. If if you clear all the bonus coins in a stage, yeah, that stage will have an exclamation point at the end of its name. That's true. And the that DK is something symbol I will noticed. show up if you've got the yeah. hero coin. Yeah. Yeah, that is something I noticed. Uh, halfway through the game, which was great because before <laughs> no, it, it won't let you know if you me. have you know one out of two or two out of three bonus coins. No, but that was useful because I had a document open listing how many creme coins that I could would theoretically check against how many I needed. So I was like, ah, oh, so then I'll know which ones I probably have and which ones uh, have less creme coins. So I might want to check there later. And I was kind of dreading having to go back and check. Until I realized, wow, a lot of these seem to have more exclamation points like, than I remember. And then also, whole worlds will get exclamation points. And then, I, like, in like World 3, I was like, oh, thank God to keep track for me. I don't have to have this giant notes <laughs> document. Oh, man. That's uh, kind of all I have in the notes. Uh, do you guys have anything uh, that you feel we haven't covered? I do. I do. Go for it. The economy. You see, Cranky, so uh, there are three main collectibles that it lists in the manual. The Creme Coins, uh, which we talked about, uh, the Banana Bunch, uh, the Cranky's Video Game Hero Coins, and the Banana Bunch Coins. So here's something I learned uh, playing the game, is that uh, you need Banana Bunch Coins to buy things. And there are a few places you can buy things that is... uh, Sorry, give me a second. Uh, I have to go down and find all the things. There are five places you can buy things. Funky's Flights, Swanky's Bonus Bonanza, Wrinkly Con- Wrinkly's Kong College, Cranky's Monkey Museum, and Clubba's Kiosk. Clubba's Kiosk uses creme coins, so it's kind of not the same thing. So there's four main areas, right? Uh, Funky's Flights, Swanky's Bonus Bonanza, uh, Wrinkly's Kong College, and Cranky's Monkey Museum that you can buy with banana coins. I have to ask, you two are experts, how would you rank those four in, in usefulness? Uh, well, the Kong College is number one because that's how you save. Yes. Um, right. The first save is free at each location. Yeah. But uh, it's you save and you get hints. Uh, Swanky is just for extra lives, um, but that's helpful if you need them. You have to pay each time to enter his quizzes, but they're one time. Once you yep. win the quiz, you get... Uh, balloon of a color corresponding to the difficulty of the quiz, and that's that. Um, and then I don't remember even using the others. Well, Funky, occasionally you'll use if you backtrack, if you're going for that 100%. Uh, John, how would you rank these? Pretty much in the same order. I, I was trying to remember what Cranky's. John. Do you want me to tell you what they do? Yeah, what's the... So, Wrinkly and Cranky both give you hints. Wrinkly will tell you general game hints, like how to defeat enemies. Mm -hmm. Cranky will tell you where secrets are. Gotcha. He gives you kind of riddles, actually. I'll read some of his quotes. Uh, Try using your team throw at the start in Pirate Panic. So that gets you that little bonus. Uh... Blow the first seal. You'll find something worth getting your fur bird for, for the lava level. Uh, there's a, a, a... Here's one of my favorite. A right is right. Right at the start. 
uh, one of the benefits, I think, of having Rare and English developer do Cranky's quotes is they is that there's no you don't have to worry about translation issues. These are all going to be, at least for us uh, English speaking yes. uh, people, is <laughs> fairly uh, correct. Easy for that one secret for in Red Hot Riot that I took forever to find is take it easy. Let the rhino use his head to get you through the first half, uh, and that's that secret. Uh, things are starting to look up on this level, which I believe is telling you to look up at the start. Uh, where you find one, there may be two in Haunted Hall, which is a very cool secret where, like, if you go up to, like, one of the bonus rooms, you can jump over it and get to a second bonus room. So that's what he's referencing there. Uh, you get the idea. Uh, I have a few of those I'm going to point out specifically later that I'm saving. Uh, I think my favorite, uh, not my favorite, but there's also Animal Antics is the end is not the end. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah, he does stuff like that. Uh, so that's cranky. Yeah, I definitely didn't use, I definitely, I mean, obviously the save uh, university is probably the number one, uh, but that's negated by playing on the Nintendo Switch anyway because you just have save states. <laughs> so you you don't have to worry about that as much. That's true. Uh, I did like the the quizzes are usually pretty fun, just to see how much you remember from, you know, your surroundings and the the enemies and stuff. And this is Swanky's debut, Swanky Kong. It is Swanky's debut. Yeah, wasn't in the first game. No, you basically you just had Funky and Cranky and uh, Wrinkly and Candy right? and Candy. No Wrinkly, I don't think. Are you sure? I thought Wrinkly was a. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is the Candy was the save point. Well. Funky was the travel, and Cranky just yelled at you. <laughs> yeah, Cranky's always always. Uh, I think he gave hints too, but you had to like wait. Uh, Yep, Brinkley definitely debuted in the uh, second game. And then she, yeah, because her thing became saving. So she sort of took Candy's place. Yep, that's correct. Because that's what she does in three as well. Do you want to hear my assessment? Yes, let's let's hear your assessment and then we can close her down. All right, so at the bottom of number four, I gotta put Swanky's bonus bonanza. It's fun. It's where I. It's it's got some interesting fun facts. It's 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 quite fun. I love all the little facts, but it's not very useful, especially since. So the fun thing about uh, so here's something very important to know about banana coins. They respawn every time you start a level. They respawn. Creme coins don't respawn. DK coins don't respawn because those are all you get them once and then never again. Banana coins respawn. Second thing you need to know is once you spend a banana coin and unlock something, it's unlocked for life. Now, that's a good thing for all three of the other ones, but for Swankies, that means you don't get to play the game again, so it's not a good thing. It means you can't use it to grind lives, and so that means it's not a good thing. So for utility purposes, I have to put Swankies down at the bottom. After this, I'm going to put, even though I... That's the only one I think is really not that I didn't really use. Well, I did all of the quizzes because I wanted to experience them. But uh, I'm going to put Cranky's Monkey Museum next because I really do like Cranky's Monkey Museum. 
I have I want to put a highlight on it because I do like it. I should specify uh, because I made a point of trying to do this as I would in the day. So how I played this, I wanted to do it authentically. And that included a few things. It included one, I read the manual before I played it because as a kid, I obviously would have read the manual if I got it. And number two, I didn't look up as I looked up as little stuff as possible. I think at one point I, I, I looked up uh, what something about like how many creme coins are in each level before I learned about the exclamation point thing. But I didn't look up anything. And some of these some of these hints were very helpful. Like a few of them, like because some of the coins are very cryptic. And it was actually really fun figuring out Cranky's riddles. I have like two that I specifically remember figuring out. That was very fun. So I can say that I found all of these without uh, looking any of these locations up. Uh, and a lot of these are quite fun. Uh, so the one for, uh, let's see, where is it? All right, so Bramble Scramble, right? There's The kid for Bramble Scramble is, the fruit is always fresher on the other side of the thorns. Jump to it. And I thought this meant that I had to jump at the beginning of the level, right? Because there's, there's thorns, there's a thing, a gap between thorns, so you can jump to get a coin. But I'm searching this place for a DK thing because I can see there's a, I, I can see like there's a banana somewhere that I can't figure out how do I get that banana. So I'm searching and I don't know if the DK coin yet. I know it's there. I'm searching and I remember just sitting there and I think is this an invisible wall? No, it's not. I, I ram into it. It doesn't. It kills me. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there and I'm looking. The fruit is always fresher on the other side of the thorns. Jump to it. And I just, on a whip, just jumped to the other side, and I passed through the wall, because it's only on the upper area, and I was like, I see it. I figured it out, because uh, it's telling you that when you see the fruit on the other side of the thorn, you can jump to it. And uh, so that helped me to get a DK coin there, and I actually I quite like that one. And then there's also this one where I, I definitely botched it. Uh, I was searching all over in Chain Lake Chamber, which you're going to hear more about in this section, when cannibals are raining down on you, I suggest you look for a way past who's responsible. And I misinterpreted this. I thought, oh, I got to find a, I thought I got to find an animal. Animal. I thought I was looking for an animal because that would be a way past who's responsible. I thought <laughs> like the like oh like like the way past is what's responsible, and it turns out what I actually had to do. And I finally found it. Is I had to find a way past the people shooting the, mm. the cannons at me, uh, and I was stuck on that one for a while uh, before I just basically randomly hit. I was, I knew I, I, and it doesn't help that the DK coin is also near the cannon, so it's kind of hard to tell if it's talking about the DK coin or the Krem coin because they, because some of these don't even talk to coins. I remember in the first world there is Lockdoor's locker is below the letter K. You'll find a reward if you avoid the danger, and that's just a lot of banana coins. There's like a, just a secret, a, a floor you can go through that's a lot of banana coins. But I really like the Cranky Museum because it made going for 100% without looking stuff up a lot more fun mm -hmm. than it would have been if it was just uh, trying to prove for, like prove first. And it and it felt way cooler uh, to look for and to figure out these little riddles. Uh, so I really like that, but it has to be number three. You're going to be shocked by my number two, BuzzFeed Clickhanger. I am putting Wrinkley's Kong College as the second most useful thing. Saving's very good. Saving's very helpful. It's very useful. You're going to want to save. Uh, in fact, this is actually a uh, thing. Uh, the hints aren't very useful because most of it's 
It actually even says in the manual. Of course, this manual will tell you almost anything you need to know, but since most people don't read the manual, you can get a lot of basic game education in Wrinkly Kong's schoolroom. Uh, so it says that in the manual. And it's kind of true. But I had to highlight, for Wrinkly Kong, I had to highlight the last two quotes Wrinkly Kong says because uh, they're quite funny. Because our Wrinkly Kong advice. So in the Flying Crocs, he has only two hints. Uh, the first one is, all but one of my lessons are useful in your quest. And the second one is, for about K. Rule, make sure you have plenty of lives. So like the two play off of each other. Because yeah. I think all but one of my lessons are useful is the free one. And you have to pay for make sure you have plenty of lives. Uh, so I have to say that. But I'm going to put Funky's Flight as the most useful. And here's the thing. Now, I, as part of my thing, resisted using save states uh, to be more authentic. And so what I found is that, yeah, Wrinkly's Kong College means that you have a save. But saves cost banana coins. And the first save is free. So you'll, so you'll, so it's always good to find a Wrinkly's Kong College. It's great because it means you're going to be... You're going to be through, you're going to get through it. Uh, you're going to have enough, but you can't just save whenever you want. So you can still lose quite a bit of, quite a, quite a bit of progress with just the Kong College. Here's the thing though. Uh, once you, once you, once you leave a world, right? Uh, so once you enter a world, you can't go to other worlds unless you have funky flights, right? Yeah. You're stuck there. You're not allowed to go to other worlds once you enter a world with Funky's Flights. And if you buy Funky's Flights in any world, he uh, then that airport is free to use forever after. Again, that, that kind of thing coming up where you can use it again forever after is very useful. And the first level and a couple of levels in the first world are very easy to grind coins and grind stuff. So... If you have a Funky's Flights, you can always go back to grind coins. No matter no matter if you get to your last and lives, you can grind coins and lives and basically make sure you never game over and never lose progress. If you have a Funky's Flights open, because you can just go back to the first world, grind it off, go back to go to use the plane in the first world to get back, because after you unlocked the furry in the first world, you never have to pay for that again. So as long as, even if you have no coins, you can always go back. And that, and get coins to save. And that is insanely useful. And there's this interesting thing, right? Once you establish your infrastructure in a world, like you get your Wrinklies, you get your Funkies, then it's all sea sailing, right? You can take each level at a time and pretty much take it at your own pace. But before that, there's this frantic mad dash as you get to the later worlds to get to a Wrinklies Kongs and to get to a Funkies Flights. And I remember on the last world, I was up like really late at night trying to get to the Funky's fight so I could have the established home base. Because here's the second thing. If you game over, you lose all of your, like if, no, if you leave the game, if you shut off the game, you lose all your lives, you lose all your coins. Yeah, your, so I wanted to make sure I got to, to the Funky's. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Fine. You lose you shit to five and you lose all <laughs> you your lose coins. You lose all of them. You go back yeah. to zero. Yeah. You game over forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the point is, the point is, I didn't want to get to Funky's fights, not be able to pay for it, lose progress, lose, try to get the bananas because I didn't even know that you could leave a stage. Remember, uh, so I really was terrified 
of getting of not, of getting to, of basically being stuck in the world. So I was staying up till like four in the morning to try and get the Funky's Flight in world in in the last world, which is like right after the penultimate level, uh, because in in the last world. So I remember I was because because if I didn't have the two coins to play for the flight, I couldn't establish my base and be safe forever. <laughs> and so I was I was going. And then I got to like the last level right before the plane. I get to Chain Link Chamber, second to last level, only one after its Toxic Tower. And I'm rushing through the level. And for some reason, Chain Link Chamber is one of the only levels where the checkpoint barrel is off screen. So I am rushing through this level as fast as I can and missing the checkpoint barrel entirely. And uh, it was. Because at this point I had gotten wrinkly, so I had saved, so I could I, I I could get to it, and I had been able to save after enough levels, so that gaming over wasn't wasn't too much of an issue. But I didn't want to turn the game off and not have coins, and so because I think even if you game over, you keep your coins. Basically, I was rushing to get to end to finish Chainling Chamber before the end of the night. The hours tick down, and I'm completely missing it. And it's a very hard level, and a, a lot of trial and error that I'm restarting at the level level for. <laughs> and it created this entire thing. Uh, and it was crazy. But anyway, that's my thesis on why if you're 100%ing the game, uh, Funky Flights, I did not think that would be useful when I read about it in the manual. But it turned out to be like the thing I wanted the most out of any world. And uh, yeah. Nice. Well, Sam, do you have that's any uh, closing comments? No, uh, is good game. Very good game. It's good game. Good game. Yes, good. It's the good game award. That's uh. I, I, oh, go ahead, Flancy. I can't like hearing that the Donkey Kong Country doesn't have like secrets in the way like this has. Where like you can hundred, you can get the exclamation point. Like it, like so. You there, can get there are exclamation them, points. Like, it yeah. does track if you have. Uncover the bonus, and it does give you a hundred. It does give you a completion percentage, uh, and there is a one one hundred one uh, is where it caps. And Donkey Kong Country Three actually caps at one hundred three. Right, but it doesn't feel knowing that the collectibles aren't the collectibles made elevated the experience mm-hmm. for this game. I really loved finding them. I really loved not using the internet at all, and finding them based on the hints and the level design and some of the brilliant little level design secrets where you're like, you'll see a banana that's slightly out of place and you'll know there it is. That's the thing. And combined with the hints, I, I really think it's hard for me to imagine Donkey Kong country without that kind of thing. Cause it was such a good, brilliant part of this game. Well, you can play Donkey Kong Country 3, and then you've got collectibles in the overworld. you got banana birds, you got a barter quest. Yeah, they actually introduced traveling, like ulterior traveling in the third game, where like you get hovercrafts and things like that to help you traverse the overworld. Um, So it kind of changes. I mean, I definitely wouldn't skip the first game. Like, it's so quick and, and, you know, Paramount yeah, to the series. It's a breezy, you need to, fun playthrough. Yeah, I would definitely play it. But yeah, I think that's we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about music. Yes, we can talk about music. I almost yeah, forgot.
we have to. I mean, this is a very good David Weiss production. Uh, it just the uh, oh, what's the we already mentioned it once in here. The Bramble uh, Stickerbush Symphony. Stickerbush Symphony. Yes, we mentioned it on the last episode of the podcast too. Actually, we did. Yeah, it's a very uh, it's a very well known song. You know. Maybe not everybody knows it by name, but like it's very distinctive, and you, you like you know it when you hear it. There's the there's the one there's the one snake level where it's green and a pirate ship that's green has a really fun jazzy. I think it's a version of the main theme. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know the one you're thinking of. That was fun. Uh, I have to say, I have become addicted. Another reason Funky's Flight is surprisingly the best. Is it has got a really good theme. Yeah. I really like the Funkus Fights themes. Uh, in the Funkus Fights 2, because uh, it's the secret of the first one, and it's way different than the first game's theme, because I went back and listened to it, because I had to know. Yeah, this is... Yeah. I have the... I'm trying to remember which one it is. I either have this soundtrack on vinyl, or I had this soundtrack on uh, cassette tape, one or the other, and I gave the cassette tape that I had to Dan because I know I have the it's it's either the first game I have on vinyl or the second game, and then whichever one isn't on vinyl I have on cassette tape. I've always liked um, Mining Melancholy as well. It's a really yep. good track. So many good tracks. On that. It's just a very good. It's a really solid. Uh, Music game. There's, uh, a, there's that uh, one uh, track. Uh, it's it's not the best, but like it always kind of stood out to me. Uh, it plays on the um, it's the the roller coaster level in the um, in uh, Ghostly Gulch where the giant pirate ghost is chasing you, and it kind of it 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 sticks out to me because it literally sounds maybe it's supposed to. It sounds like Night on Bald Mountain. It's got like the. Well, it has like a build up to it. Yeah. Like as yeah. you're going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we've made your jo- editing job like 50% harder because you're going to have to put these themes oh, I'll, in I'll here. Find good, talk about. I'll find good uh, music to put in here for sure. I already have. You got to put Funky's Flights to it. We'll put, we'll put Funky's You need we'll to. We'll put Funky's Flights in there. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Funky will fly again. But, uh,. No, I think we're gonna have to close this out before we run out of time, and we'll get through the one. One last okay, thing. Go ahead. This is one last moment. Uh, final level of the game before K rule. Uh, the one where you have to screech screeches flight or something. Uh, the bonus room in that one. There is this bonus room in Screech's Flight. You mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast that Mario has more of the precise platforming. Screech screeches flight is a thing like first off it's a really well hidden bonus room you have to go off screen and find it and stuff but that there is that one bonus room that's just so precise i literally looked up videos to try and figure out how they did it and i couldn't tell just by looking at the videos there was no trick to it because you have to use diddy kong's little like thing where you like you have to use diddy so there's Dixie sections where you just have to fly, but like you have to use Diddy Kong's thing where he falls off a little and then you jump. Yeah, the cartwheel and jump. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, the cartwheel jump. And it's just so precise. I don't even know how I did it. I just eventually accidentally got it. And like, you have to do it twice. It's like, 
there's just this really precise version. So there is one moment of incredibly precise platforming in that Screech's level. I just wanted to point it out just because I remembered it. Uh, nice. Stuck out to me. Yeah, any, anytime we can mention uh, Diddy's cartwheel jump, because that's a very uh, crucial part of the uh, platforming. Use yeah. it all the time. It's quite fun. And I love how like they're like little some secrets depend on oh, it, yeah. which yeah. add on to Donkey and Diddy's and because Diddy Dixie can't do it, right? No, because she does a twirl instead of a with yeah. her hair instead of doing a cartwheel. It's another skill issue. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. Donkey couldn't do it either because he had like the roll. No, he and, could do uh, it. Well, it could be more difficult to time when you needed to jump. A lot of times you just end up rolling off of the platform. seems like Diddy's was a lot easier to pull off uh, timing-wise. Except for in that one bonus room where it's just so... I don't know why, like, the jump there is just so tight. You just... uh, I had to mention Outro portion and uh, Flatsy, I don't know if you have anything going on that you're doing. I know you've promoted things in the past. I'll give you a chance again. I will, I'm going to stop promoting the Kirby's Dreamland review. It's halfway through editing. I've made some progress, but is I'm hope really it'll be. You know what? No, I'm not going to tell you what I think it'll be done. That's not. That's hidden information. <laughs> you don't know. Anyways, it, it's been a bit of a. It's been a bit of a slow down on that but i will tell you right now i i'm editing episodes for my one shot stream into really poorly edited kind of let's play ask video it's not you it's not stream highlights in the particular sense because i'm trying to basically edit them how i would how i used to edit my really long live stream things uh not my my really long just recording sections before i started live streaming them so I, they've got these episodes of one shot. They're like 20 or so, 15 to th- 20 minutes yeah. long, yeah. where I just play through them. They're, they were live streamed, but again, I'm going for more of a Let's Play format in these edited videos. Okay. Uh, but I don't have a ton of time, so they're not super well edited. Uh, mostly, mostly just cuts when there's empty space, but not so many cuts. That's just the highlights. Uh, and then the, and that's, so that's going through one shot right now. That's the stream I'm on. And what I'm streaming right now on Fridays at, I'm streaming on Fridays at nine, C S C C S C T. I'm just gonna say C T because I don't know if we're in S or D right now. Uh, <laughs> Central Time. Uh, they've. I'm streaming Sonic Adventure Two uh, because I was I, my chat voted for it, and I'm still streaming it. I started the year streaming it because I said, Oh, Sonic Adventure Two. I got 100% that game, because that's what I try and do on the channel. I try and 100% that game. We're on episode 26 or something. It's been a stream 26, and they're like three-hour streams. It's been a long while, and I have a lot of interesting thoughts on Sonic Adventure 2 now that I've so, played so much. Are it. you playing it on the game? And it was also, yeah. I'm playing it. I don't... So, uh, thing about is I'm in I'm at college. I did not bring my GameCube to college because I don't really have a monitor for it, and also right. I don't. I shall say, ask, are you playing the GameCube yeah. version? 
I'm playing Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on Steam. Okay. Uh, this is an important distinction because on Steam, the Mystic Melody portals are invisible for no reason. Nice. I, hmm. I, well, I just know that just there's a lot buggy. of additional content on yeah. the GameCube version versus the Dreamcast we version. Have, we have the additional content, but because it's on Steam, we also have additional glitches that weren't on the GameCube version. Nice. Fun. Yay. And, and I have... But yeah, I've, I've, I would love to do... If it, I feel qualified enough that if you said, like, oh, we're going to do a Sonic Adventure 2 episode, I'd be like, I'm going on that. We, we will because I have a lot we'll of get to it eventually because it's a game that I played on GameCube whenever I had my GameCube originally. I guess I should be saying Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Yes. But yeah. Battle. Uh, battle, battle. Fighting. I probably should have said my YouTube channel is called Flight Ship, and everything's YouTube. I don't have Twitch. Everything's on YouTube. And then, Sam, what have you been streaming lately? We'll get to that. Uh, Battle Network 3. Battle Network 3 Blue. I am also working on 100% completion there, or at least getting all of the uh, menu stars. So uh, I'm working on the sixth one. I am sort of hitting a brick wall on the seventh. I need some help with that because there's some chips I need to trade for or else get from the chip trader for random. So... A lot Hopefully of tra- I can a lot do of one of those things by next week because otherwise I'm going to run out of other things I can do. Um, but we'll see. That's all on the YouTube channel now, once again. Uh, that is on YouTube under the channel name Third Strongest Mole. It's going to be under Live, and it all goes to the playlist as well. I have playlists for everything I've done a complete playthrough on. That's the Mother Trilogy and over half of the Battle Network series at this point. And this is on Mondays, right? Yeah, Mega Mondays. Okay. Mega Mondays. About 7 p.m. And then as far as uh, uh, the next show, uh, we'll be continuing on uh, the Becoming the Hero series, uh, and we will be talking through Zelda 2, Link's Adventure. Uh, and I believe I will have uh, Chris H.L., 94 on because he's like the biggest Zelda 2 guy that I know biggest fan and then Shannon will be on because Shannon is on every episode I think <laughs> so look forward to hearing from those two uh, those are the two that I would know for sure because they were instantly going to be on there there could be some other guests I'll have to go back and look through the schedule but uh, yes Zelda 2 we're continuing on and just to kind of re re go through the uh, retro rewind champions, you guys have until the 18th of September to submit for that. So just uh, kind of continuing heads up, and that's pretty much a show. So thanks for listening on Topic Retro. It's a part of the Retro Logic family of podcasts. If you'd like to send in your personal experiences for the next show, the Donut Discord. Uh, you can send them to ontopicretro at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send submissions for Retro Rewind Champions to that same email address, and I will uh, get those put in as well. Uh, if you haven't joined the uh, non-toxic Retrologic Discord and you'd like to, you can visit retrologic.games uh, for details uh, on there for how to join for free. It's also a link in the show notes that should work. I know sometimes those links die and I try to update them if, if anyone points it out, but that link should get you to Discord 
to join our uh, community, which is probably one of the best retro communities that I can think of on the internet. I'm, I'm a part of quite a few. There's definitely great ones out there, but our community is very cohesive and uh, everyone is, is very understanding and, and everyone's there for the same purpose. We're all playing retro games and talking about retro games and modern games and food and movies and music. And uh, it's just a dinosaurs. Yes. And dinosaurs. Can't forget dinosaurs, uh, but definitely join the uh, discord. Cause that's where you're going to, find the most information about what's happening and keeps you up to date with everything that's going on. Uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, you stay tuned for more and we'll see you guys later. Bye now. Bye. See you at Metroid. <laughs>